0: Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tiamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to take that one step further because I am taking a little bit of editorial privilege and am venturing outside of the world of theater to talk to someone who I have been a fan of since 2011, and as I have gotten to know more about what she does outside of being a working actress, I have become more and more impressed and inspired by her. My guest today is one of the leading stars of the wildly popular Hallmark movie channel, Jen Lilly. She has starred in nine Hallmark movies since 2017 alone, three more for Lifetime, and a few more outside of that. I first became a fan of Lilly's when she took over the role of Maxie Jones on General Hospital nearly a decade ago, and as I have said here and on social media, at all times, but especially as our world is in the middle of this unfathomable pandemic. I have taken great comfort in G.H. and in Hallmark movies, so it felt right to speak with Jen at this point in time. However, we only briefly got into her professional experience on soap operas and in Hallmark movies, but instead we spent most of our conversation on her decades-long activism, especially in the world of foster children and adoption. Lily is in the midst of a major project called Voices That Give, which is an online contest that not only promotes artists, but is ultimately in support of raising enough money to build an entire neighborhood for foster families here in the U.S. in coordination with the International Foundation Project Orphans. Hearing her talk about the cause and the contest with such depth of passion and knowledge and experience was truly moving and exciting for me to hear firsthand. Of course, we will have all of the appropriate information in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com, and if you want to get involved in the competition part of Voices That Give, you only have a few days, so get your entries in as fast as you can. So, without further ado, here's my conversation with Jen Lilly.
1: Hey, Matt. It's Jen Lilly. I'm so sorry. I'm three minutes late. I was oh. doing an IG Live. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no worries. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it.
1: No, I really appreciate you. I'm stoked to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Well, first off, how are you and your family doing with all of the crazy quarantine lockdown stuff going?
1: Yeah, we're hanging in. You know, you go through. I mean, it's I think it's the same as everybody. Like, at first, you're, like, shocked and you don't know what to do. And then you're, you know, then you're, like, bored out of your mind and then you, you know you find a rhythm and now we're kind of back to it's like you almost have gotten normalized to it you know and so now i'm like sure. hey let's go to the beach we can't hey let's go to the park we can't you know like, <laughs> like you now, it's like a whole nother wave of like okay like this is fine like we're still going to be playing in the backyard and thank god we have one you know how yeah. about you
0: Uh, same, just kind of getting used to it. I work from home normally, so that hasn't changed too much, but yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's weird. And I'm in a state right now that is starting to reopen a little quicker than I feel comfortable with, but I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. keep my mask on and stay at home until hopefully things level out and get a little bit safer for everybody
1: right right totally
0: so you know i think that what's great for both of us is that we're in situations that are very fortunate and unfortunately a lot of people in even in the best of circumstances uh aren't as lucky as we are but in times like this where just being around other people can be damaging to your health it, i really think it puts a lot of perspective on some of these projects that you're working on and that we're talking about today With Project Orphans that you're working with in the Voice That Gives contest, and especially because May is Foster Care Awareness Month, like I think that there's a lot of people that are probably going to be forgotten uh, while we're focusing on other things, and this is a time to really continue to shine lights on issues that are being exacerbated by the current health crisis.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: nailed it. Yeah. Well, I, I this neighborhood project, I want to kind of start with that because it sounds. Um, amazing. I, I know that Project Orphans has done something similar before with Pearl Village, but your goal is to start a neighborhood for foster children in the U.S. And like that seems like such an incredible, amazing, huge dream and project to to kind of begin to undertake.
1: Definitely. And I've been undertaking it for four years. So, um, when I started my music four years ago with this album that I'm releasing in conjunction with it, you know, we took two years to write and record it, but I knew four years ago, and then I took a year off, which we'll get Well, I'll just tell you now. I took a year off because <laughs> I knew I wanted hundred percent of my profits from music to go towards building uh, what I originally thought was just a village because it's taken four years to like hone in the vision and like figure out what works, what doesn't work. But I always had this idea of like, you know, helping children in foster care. Um, And I know that you can do that through music because it's like, just imagine what, like, I'm not saying I'm Beyonce, but like, you know, (laughs) Katy Perry, Beyonce, Jay-Z, all of them, you know, what do they make? Boatloads of money. Like there is money in music. And if you could be successful in it and make a good product and make a good album that people like, there's no reason why you couldn't make boatloads of money and like build a village for children. And so that's always been my goal. Um, You know, but how we've honed it in is, is over the last four years, um, I've been just focusing in on the vision, you know, it started fuzzy, making it more 2020. We're not 2020 yet, you know, in vision, but it's, it's getting closer and closer. And so what I realized over the past four years is that, oh, I will pause and say, so I did the two years recording and writing and recording, and then I got pregnant, which was great. But there's a quote from Mother Teresa and I take everything that she says to heart because, you know, she sure. was a nun. Like we have no reason to know who some <laughs> nun in Italy is, but yeah. the woman changed the world, you know, like, so we better listen to what she has to say. Cause like, obviously it's not like she had a PR team. And she wasn't on the stage. She didn't have a talent. She was just like a nun who like changed the world. So she has this quote. I mean, it's like so many people are familiar with it, which is if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And so obviously I'm going to take anything that she says to heart. And so I thought to myself, how on earth can I love orphans and children in foster care well if I can't even like keep my own family intact? And so when I found out I was pregnant and was in the middle of all these like heavy adoption cases with my two sons, you know, if I don't get my house in order, personally, how am I going to be made whole enough to go and help children outside of my family and do it well. So that's why, you know, it's been about four years, and now we're releasing it now. Um, okay, so now the vision model, the the the, the orphanage model, uh, sorry, no, no, no,
0: this is <laughs> the neighborhood
1: <awesome>. model <laughs> has been honed in from the fact that originally I was like, okay, maybe it'll just be like me and I adopt 100 children. Like, that's where I started four years ago. Like, I don't care. Like, I'll just hire help and that's what will work, you know? And then I started talking to psychiatrists and psychologists and health officials and I've gotten on the board of several charities and just said, like, well, why are orphanages disenfranchised in the United States? Like, what was it about them that didn't work? You know, why do they not work? Um, And I found that it's because children need families. Children belong in families. And so then I was like, okay, so like group homes, which is like 10 kids, no, group homes don't work. And a lot of states have started deregulating group homes. And it's because children need moms and dads or moms or dads, you know, like sometimes even single parents, I can't do that. But some people by the grace of God are equipped to be single parents and they are rock stars. So I want to include them too. But I would say in general, the family unit is what works. You know, children need individual attention. I don't know whether you have siblings, but like whether you do or not, you know that like you needed your mom and dad's attention or your mom or dad's attention. You know, they need our individualized attention, they need so much um, stability, and, and that is in the family unit, that is in single homes. And so I started to think, okay, well, what if it was row homes? Because I'm thinking L.A., you know? And I'm like, I really believe every kid should have a little bit of a yard, even if it's like a 10-foot by 10-foot, you know, block of grass. I think playing outside is important to childhood. Um, And so then I started partnering with Project Orphans. And it was like, okay, well, in Oklahoma, you can take an unplotted ground area, um, land that has never been plumbed, that has never had electricity, and if you're looking at that as your base model, which is not even the hope, it's just take that at face value and calculate the cost of what it would take to build what we're looking at, which is a neighborhood. So each house is filled with loving foster parents who are like myself, who are like the founder of Project Orphans, Brittany Reese Stokes, and her amazing husband. You know, how do you get, I'm all kind of all over the place, but not really. So just hopefully you can follow me. No no, awesome. got me. no, no, this is awesome. No, no,
0: this is perfect.
1: So. I'm talking to Dr. John DeGarmo, and he's like probably the world's leading expert on foster care and adoption. And he has this incredible study that I just came across last week. And then the last week, he and I have talked like every day, <laughs> because we're like, okay, now we're new besties, like, is amazing. He read did this incredible study um, on foster care, burnout and foster parent turnover. So what he found was that 50% of foster, on average, 50% of foster parents who get in the game, who are like me, who are like Brittany, like the good foster parents, that actually wanna help these children, that actually wanna love these birth families. The goal of foster care is to reunify these children with their families. You want to keep biofamilies intact when and if possible, when that is not healthy, and that is not in the best interest of the child, you want to place them in an adoptive home. And you hopefully want the adoption home to be the place where they've already fostered, because then there's no transition for the child. It's just an easy transition. That is the goal. And but what you have and what anybody knows about foster care is that there are horrible foster parents. And so these children go from abuse and neglect They find themselves in a broken system called foster care where the government is their parent, and they go from abuse and neglect at home by family members to abuse and neglect from a foster parent. And those are the foster parents that give everybody a bad rep, and those are the foster parents that stay in the game. Now, John's study found out that about 50% of good foster parents quit. After a year, they experience foster care burnout because it is hard and it is emotional, and people don't understand it. Your family doesn't understand it. You know, my parents kind of think I'm crazy for doing what I do. They think, okay, adopt the two boys and quit. You know, like, once you got your family, like, quit. And it's like, I don't think you guys understand. Like, I'm here for the long haul. My acting is for foster care. My music is for foster care. My life is for foster care. These are our modern-day orphans. We need to take care of them, and somebody's got to do it, and I'm going to do it. And if they think I'm crazy, that's fine. But you, you, you can't retain good foster parents because there's no community. So back to the neighborhood model. You fill that neighborhood with foster parents, single, married, whatever, who are committed to these children and committed to their birth families. And here's what it looks like. You have foster parents all around you, to your right, left, front, center, You have babysitters on your right and left. If you need a break and you need to go out for coffee, you have a licensed foster parent that lives next to you on either side that knows what you're going through. That can be your shoulder to cry on when you experience the hard times, when you're facing court, when you're facing frustration of a broken system, you can call them and lean on them and that's going to keep you in the game. Now you can have block parties, you know, so you have like community and support built in the children I don't know about you, but I grew up, you know, playing with the kids in my neighborhood. And yes, I had slumber parties with the kids in my class, but that was on a Friday and Saturday. Sunday through Thursday, I'm playing with my neighborhood kids. And so what does it look like if you have these children in foster care who are so marginalized in school that now they have children in their neighborhood that they don't have to explain why they have walls up? They don't have to explain their baggage They don't have to explain why they look different or whatever. And they can just be kids in their neighborhood. And obviously that is a cleaver, leave it to the beavers or whatever that show's called, you know, hallmark (laughs) explanation of what this neighborhood looks like, you know, that is sugarcoating it. But at the same time, that is also a reality. These kids are going to feel so much more stability and love. And if you can replicate that model and you make it work, we're going to start it in Oklahoma because, because back to the land, Brittany told me if you took an unplowed, untouched piece of land and you needed to plummet, you needed to get the electricity going, what you're looking at is about, conservative estimate, is about $200,000 per home. And that would be a nice home with a nice yard. Yeah. And so then you build a community center that includes therapy. So these children are getting therapy right there in their neighborhood. There's a community center with the pool, basketball, courts, whatever programs for the kids, art programs, after-school programs. You know, maybe that's $400,000. you are looking at for 20 homes just, it's just starting. Now, we want to build a huge subdivision, maybe of 100 homes, you know. But if you're going, okay, let's start at 20 homes and a community center and a park on land that has never been built, you're looking at $5 million to build that village. Now, if you raise $2.5 million, which can easily be done, then you can get grants for the other $2.5 million and you've got yourself a village. So it's extremely attainable. Um, and how we're going to do it through the contest is this. So as you know, people don't want to talk about child abuse. And I get it. You know, yeah. this is a positive way to not only rally hope for artists, because this is an international contest. It's a global talent contest. that's online. So it's COVID friendly. Anybody can enter. The categories to enter are artists. Uh, excuse me. They're all artists. <laughs> Actor. Um, musician, which is singer or musician. Dancer. Unique or hidden talent, which is everybody. So that could be YouTubers, bloggers, journalists, (laughs) poets, painters, (laughs) chefs, um, entrepreneurs, you know, anybody can enter in that category. And the grand prize winner, they're going to collect votes from their friends and family. The grand prize winner is $10,000 cash um, plus national press. And then each category, there's a winner in each category. So the actor wins $500, if not the grand prize. Plus they get a mentorship from me. They get a meeting with my Hollywood talent manager. They get a walk-on role in a Hallmark movie. The musician gets $500 cash, if not the grand prize of $10,000. Um, feedback from legendary songwriter Diane Warren, radio airplay on 44 countries across the globe, which is unprecedented. You cannot get radio play without a label as an artist. You yeah. know, we are going to give you that. Plus, um, mentorship from big-time radio. Now, dancers and special or unique talent, they get $500 cash, if not the $10,000 grand prize. And then they get $250 gift box of merch. So their prizes aren't as sexy, but they're still cool. It's free to enter. (laughs) And by lending their voice and lending their talent, we're going to make a huge difference for for kids. So the three goals of the campaign are give people hope, people that are unemployed, people that are furloughed, people that don't have hope for their future, we're giving them hope by giving them an opportunity for free to launch their dreams and launch their careers, but also give them hope by knowing that they're helping children in need. And you know, when you do something good for other people, it does bolster your own spirit. And so this is a free opportunity to really make a difference in children's lives without having to give money. Um, you know, like you're participating as an artist, you want to help kids. Okay, great. Lend your talent, help kids. Now on the money side, here's how we're going to fundraise for kids. The $10,000 cash plus the $500 for each category, which is 12,000 total. Are you following? Cause it's 10,000 and then 500 for the for, <laughs> four remaining categories. That $12,000 does not come out of the honeypot for kids. That's being sponsored by orbit. I'm providing the career prizes and the press. Orbit is sponsoring the money side. So how we're going to raise the money for kids is this. There are three primary goals of the, of the contest backing up. One is to rally hope for all of our participants. Give them something positive to do from the comfort of their homes. The second goal is to raise awareness for foster care um, and child abuse victims. We will do that just by lending our voice, by promoting this contest. We are raising awareness for an issue that is America's dirtiest little secret that nobody wants to talk about. So if we do those two things and we raise zero cents, we have done a great deal of wonderful work for this project because each vote, everyone who rallies their votes from their friends, their supporters, their family, their hometown, however they wanna do it, they can get creative. If they only collect free votes because every first vote is free, So your mom can vote for you for free. Your dad can vote for you for free. Your neighbor can vote for you for free. Okay, if we just collect free votes and you win this contest with all free votes, you've done an incredible thing by raising awareness for these kids. However, the third goal is to raise money to create this village. Now, how we're doing that is that if your mom wants to support you and give you a booster vote or your friend wants to support you and give you a booster vote, it is $1 per vote. I truly believe that everyone can donate $1. I don't care if they're unemployed or furloughed. I really believe you can give $1. And by doing that, all we need to do is raise $2.5 million. And it's really not that lofty of a goal when you consider how easy that is. 2.5 million people. Look, we have 330 million Americans. If 2.5 of them gave $1, you've got yourself a neighborhood model you've got yourself a village. We're breaking ground in Oklahoma with at least 20 homes and a therapy center. Um, However, how I'm tying in my album. It's so clever. It's like America's got talent meets live aid concert for orphans online (laughs) meets Kickstarter, right? Yeah. So if they donate a dollar, then pat themselves on the back. They are helping kids. They are awesome. If they want to up that donation to $10, then their contestant gets 10 votes. The supporter Or the you know the person that voting, they get my album. Ten dollars gets them my album. One hundred percent of the profit goes to the kids. They want to donate twenty five dollars. Their contestant gets twenty five votes. They get an autographed copy of my album. The kids get one hundred percent of my profit. They want to donate a hundred dollars or more. They're getting dollar-per-dollar matched 100 votes or whatever it is for their contestant. They get an autographed copy of my album and a t-shirt, a World Changer t-shirt. I made these really cool t-shirts. They say, I just want to listen to music and change the world. You know, they get a t-shirt that says that. And then 100% of my profit goes toward helping children. So, you know, if people do want to donate more, then they can donate more. But it's just a really positive way to spread awareness, help artists, and help children.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we're coming up on some deadlines here. If artists do yep. want to get involved, they have to upload their videos by the end of the week, by Sunday, right?
1: Yep, by Sunday, May 31st. And I will also say on that, um, Matt, if it's an existing YouTube video, they don't even have to necessarily create oh, new cool. content. If it's been created within the last 18 months, they can slap that YouTube link on their entry form. The entry form is incredibly easy to fill out. And for anybody that is confused, because, look, I've got mom brain. I know it, you know. <laughs> I've created an animated video that walks them step by step. And, I mean, step one is, like, click enter below. Step two, enter your name, you know. But if they need that, I've created that for them. It's on the Orbit page. And then, if they can, even if they created, like, a lot of people have been doing TikToks. Um, you oh, can yeah. submit a TikTok. All you have to do is download it to your camera roll on your phone upload it to youtube it has to be a youtube link because that's the way the orbit platform works that's on them not not me if it was me i'd be like i'd make it a little easier but we're trying to make it as easy as possible they download it to their camera roll upload it to youtube submit that link they've got themselves an entry so it does not need to be new material and that's it
0: and then the videos have to be in by the 31st voting starts the next day so people can dive in there not only get their free votes, but, you know, get the booster votes in starting on Monday. And you're basically going the entire month of June in the different rounds uh, of the competition. Yes.
1: Yep. So, and it goes, voting goes every week from June 1st until July 10th. We actually extended it because we were like, you know what? Let's give people an extra week to like get some donations in. Like, let's make it powerful. That's awesome. Um, and each week there will be elimination rounds just like American Idol or, you know, any of those kind of contest shows. So it'll be like, uh you know top seventy five percent moves on after week one, you know top fifty percent moves on after week two, obviously, my mouth is off because you know I don't know, like yeah, it's yeah. like each each week there's a percentage that will move on, sure, um yeah,
0: well, and it's another I mean from the fundraising side of it, it's another way to continue the excitement to get people voting more often as well, yeah. so I think that's brilliant, brilliantly done um thank you, thank yeah, you. yeah, so. One of the things, and obviously, I think, like you talked about, the some of these prizes are fairly personal for you, whether it's the album or the walk-on role uh, in a Hallmark movie. I, I personally, as someone who has been a fan of yours for going on a decade now, since you started on General Hospital, um, I no way. <laughs> I'm a huge General Hospital fan. And I loved when you popped back up a few years ago for like you were in a hospital bed for like two days, I think, or something. So, anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I love that. That's a prize, and I think that while they are not necessarily the exact same ideas between providing hope in a home for for foster children, but I as the Hallmark movies, but I think they do work so well together. I mean, there's just something so comforting and pure and genuine yes. about those films that it it feels like a good fit between them, even if the content. Of the hallmark movies doesn't very often talk to you know touch on orphanages and and foster care totally. systems and stuff like that
1: yeah and they have a whole new show called when hope calls and it's about these two sisters yeah. that start an orphanage so they're starting to kind of tackle that oh and i will say because i forgot to mention it because like the main thing is it's a talent contest however there is a fifth category and it's called hallmark fan and so hallmark fans because i'm the, like it's very confusing the, the founders of orbit were like I'm sorry, you want to give like a no talent required category? And I was like, I sure do. But that's because I'm a Hallmark fan. And if it was me, I want to give back to that population. And, you know, they also are the type of people that would want to like build this village. So if you're a Hallmark fan you can enter and win a walk-on role in a Hallmark Channel movie. And it's a non-speaking role for the Hallmark fans. So they don't have to worry about like if they're camera shy, they can also make their YouTube video unlisted so that it's not like available to the public, you know, cause they are shy. Like a lot of them totally. are like, I'm too scared. And I'm like, Just make it an unlisted YouTube video. Like, you've got to be crazy. You're going to help children. They're going to get a walk-on role in Hallmark, a Hallmark Channel movie. And so they'll be with me and the cast and the crew all day. And I'm going to take them around. And then they can also attend a set tour and taping of Home and Family. And we're also going to give them minimum $500 cash, you know, maximum $10,000. And all they have to do to enter is make a super quick, simple video for everybody. You know, there is no time limit on these submissions, but I tell them like, hey, I would keep it under five minutes because people get bored, you know? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I said, even if for Hallmark, even if it's like a 15-second video, it doesn't matter. Like, if the video qualifies you, Um, they make a 15 second video or however many minutes video saying why they love Hallmark channel, which is super easy. Mine would be like, cause it's the mac and cheese of TV. And when COVID-19 is going on and I don't want to like, you know, and I don't want to pretend like, I don't want to listen to like the numbers I turn on the Hallmark channel and watch people drink hot chocolate every five minutes and life is good. (laughs) You know, it just goes down easy. It's like the perfect, put your hand in the, you know, head in the sand and just be like a flamingo, you know, like, it's like great, you know, Hallmark channel is amazing make a quick video saying why they love hallmark channel and what it would mean to them to win upload it to youtube they can make it unlisted fill out that entry form and you know they could win such cool prizes so yeah there is a category for them as well
0: yeah and i I love that and of course it would be you who's like the queen of hallmark channel movies like to to get the perfect description of what watching a hallmark movie is the mac and cheese of entertainment that's uh, that's amazing i love that i'm gonna steal that forever now
1: right i mean because it is right it's it just totally like you know is. what i want i want some ooey gooey delicious cheesy <laughs> warm <laughs> warm fuzzy couch food I love and it. judgment-free zone yeah and,
0: and and there's no judgment in watching or eating it multiple times because we all watch these movies yeah. like a dozen times even if we've seen them you know 10 times before Totally, I love it. I love it. Well, yeah. well, I, I want to wrap it up. I appreciate all the time and going through all this. I think this is a, an amazing project, and I'm such a fan of yours. Um, Thank but you. I I know that obviously this is something personal, and you kind of mentioned it just in passing in our conversation. But you have two sons that you I believe started as yes. foster parents for, and then ended up uh, adopting. Yeah, where did where did your Passion and and and
1: where did it all start? Yeah,
0: where did this start? Where did you develop such a passion for this cause?
1: Um, it's a great question. I will quickly say so my four-year-old Caden Is adopted officially um and we're stoked about that. We got him at four months old. And then his brother, who we call right now for like public people, you know, for the news, we call him Baby J. Because his name with gotcha. J. He's in an adoption process, but it is going to an adoption. We're like really doing the paperwork actually tomorrow. So that's exciting. doesn't mean he's adopted tomorrow. It means like we're, you know, totally. the whole it's a, process, it's a process is like rolling yeah, yeah. forward. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he, we got him at four months old as well. And he just turned two. So they're half brothers. Um, which is incredible to keep siblings together. So, so one is officially adopted. One is still in foster care, um, but you know, on the road to adoption, just to clarify. Okay. So my passion started in a nutshell. Um, I suppose the seeds were planted in me as a kid because my parents were kind of unofficial foster parents. Like there were often people living in our house who just needed um, help and transitioning. Um, and it wasn't always kids. Sometimes it started, um, or friends of the family that just needed help. And so I was already kind of used to or okay with the idea of people outside of your, you know, core family unit, being in the house and that not being a weird thing. Um, And so that opened up a lot of empathy for me as a child. Now, back in 2011, when I started General Hospital, I right about that time, I had been researching just issues in the United States, I had been I'm a huge advocate, and I'm still an advocate of water projects in the world, because, mm-hmm. you know, sure. uh, when I started in 2011, actually, I started in 2007 supporting water projects, but at that time, it was one in six of us. Like, so there's 6 billion people in the world, now there's 9 billion, but there were 6 billion people in the world, and one out of every six people in 2007 did not have access to clean drinking water, and that was, you know, killing more people than war, AIDS, and malaria combined, and I was a speaker for that, and I was a school tour speaker for that, and all of that is still am a huge supporter of. It's definitely a problem. But I started just feeling like, the other thing was, in 2011, I started adulting so hard, right? Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a responsible adult, and I started watching the news, like many of us are right now. I stopped watching the news, Matt, like four weeks ago, and it was the best decision of my life. Because I was like, I actually, these numbers, they're not helping. Like, me finding out how many people have COVID is not going to help stop COVID, I just need to be responsible and courteous with people around me, use hand sanitizer, use prudence, wear a mask and like got to get going with my life because I'm in panic. And I felt the same thing in 2011. The more you learn about like all the crisis in the world, the smaller you feel and the smaller you feel like I can't do anything about this. I'm powerless. But I don't believe that, you know, if we all know who Mother Teresa is, like people can change the world. And so I turned off the news and I started researching Back in 2011, I was like, okay, I wanna make an impact. I love these water projects, but I have this conviction on my heart to help people in my own neighborhood because we have a lot of problems here in the United States and we do a really good job of helping everybody else in the world. And there is room for that and you should do that, but at the expense of your neighbor what in the world is that you know like how are you not helping people in your own neighborhood what a ridiculous i don't know like it's just kind of like helping out and patting yourself on the back and like not rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty it's like throwing money at somebody else's problem
0: yeah yeah exactly totally we
1: have problems here in the united states so i started researching and i came across child pornography and that's america's dirtiest little secret we are we produce 57 percent of the world's child pornography and child trafficking comes from the United States. It's not Thailand, it's not Russia, it's the US of A. And we create 57% of the world's content and the average victim is under the age of five. So, as soon as I found out that, and I'll spare you the gross details, grosser you. than Thank that. You. Thank you very much. I was like, yeah, exactly. It was like, I started advocating for that. And I had a previous publicist who was not Anderson who I fired because she said, You cannot talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to hear about it. And I said, Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to That's hear about problem. it either. Yeah. Yeah. But if somebody doesn't talk about it, it's never going to get fixed. I was even on the board of a charity that we just said, hey, all we need is $200,000 in order to basically upgrade equipment to train these police officers and how to find these people. Because back in 2011, that was before Snapchat ruined everything. That was before there was a dark net. And back in 2011, you could basically track somebody's IP address, and you could figure out which computer was sending these files. And when you send these files across state lines, it becomes a federal crime, and you no longer need a search warrant. And so we said, to California and Sacramento, we said, hey, we need $200,000 in order to upgrade our equipment so that we can basically find these perpetrators. There was a 99% conviction rate, because you can't, you can't say, oh, that's not my computer. These aren't my yeah. files. So there's a 99% successful conviction rate getting these people in prison. And we said, all we need is $200,000 to train up our officers, our police officers on these Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. And they Did not give us the two hundred thousand dollars grant, but you know who got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Graffiti. Oh wow! They there was a group that said we need two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of white paint to cover up our graffiti. So we called Sacramento back and said, "What the hell is this? You gave paint two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of paint. We asked for fifty thousand dollars less to save children's lives." why in the world? Like, why did you make that decision? And you know what they said? We're not getting phone calls about children. We get phone calls about graffiti all day long. And as soon as you get enough phone calls about children, then you'll get the money. And so for me, I was like, F that. So I started really advocating for kids Good for you. Then I became, yeah, then I got on general hospital. And then because I had some sort of celebrity, Child Help, which is the longest running nonprofit, I'm like wrapping it up really fast, Child Help, which is the longest running nonprofit on child abuse and neglect called me, they said, do you want to be a celebrity ambassador? I said, who are you? And why did you find me? I'm so creeped out. Like I just started on GH. Like, what is your MO? dude. And they sent, I said, send me your tax returns. Like, I don't know who the hell you are. (laughs) So they sent me their tax returns and I was like, Oh, like, you're like the most legitimate company in the U S you've been nominated (laughs) for eight Nobel peace prizes. So I quickly got on board with them. Child abuse is a much easier thing for people to want to talk about because, you know, we don't have to think about sexual abuse of children, which is really hard to visualize. You know, we don't want to visualize it. I found that child abuse is something that's a lot more palatable for people. So I became an advocate there, advocate there. I really found out about foster care. I became a special friend, which is their mentorship program. It's kind of like Big Brothers Big Sisters. I fell in love with my mentee. I tried to foster. I wanted to get my foster license in order to foster and adopt her. And I was not able to get her. And we got catered. And then I started studying foster care with a vigor and passion. And you know, just really learned about the fact that there are really crappy foster parents and that there's a 50% turnover rate for foster care, you know, good foster parents. And so it was like, okay, how do I eradicate that? How do I clean up that secret, you know? And that's how I'm doing it.
0: Uh, It's amazing. And I i'm so in awe of the passion and it's it's so inspiring uh what you're doing and and i appreciate you taking all this time uh to talk to me about it and i'm very much looking forward to and and voting on uh on the voices that give contests so congratulations on all this i wish you the best and i'm so excited to follow along with everything that is gonna gonna happen here in the next month and a half
1: Thank you, Matt, and thank you for um, letting me kind of go into the details. I know it was a little longer than we were supposed to go, but I That's appreciate right. it. So. No, no, no,
0: I love it. Thank you so yeah. much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, uh, thank you so much yeah, for you all too. you do.
1: Yeah, same. All right. Talk all right. to you hopefully later. <laughs> I hope so. All right, bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Tommy More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at matt, and you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have all of Jen's social media information and, of course, all of the details about voices that give, as well as much more information in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. Tommy Moore More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks, of course, to the delightful and inspiring Jen Lilly, James Weir, and the man without whom none of Broadway Radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember... Yes, something was missing, but dreams can come true that something is no one but you. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more.